he's also just like a very nice mentor, like kind of talking to me about pricing and about making fans and that idea of you want to have a thousand true fans rather than trying to get a hundred thousand people to do this. It's like, now get a thousand people that you would send merch to for free and you'll write to them and all that sort of stuff. And then it will just grow from there. Guys, they do magic. magic. They are the magic guys. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 149, one away from the big 150. This is crazy. I'm your host, Josh Nobito. To my left is my next host, Nick Kay. Welcome to the show, friends. And down below is Mr. Doug Kahn. Salutations, y'all. What's up? Daddy's home. Oh, yeah. Is that a thing now? Is this going to be a thing? thing. I think that's only meant to happen when he's not here for like a substantial amount of time, you know? Well, keep that up and that might be sooner than later. (laughs) Yeah, Doug. Uh, good to see everyone in the chat. Dylan, Noah, Chris, Ed, this is great. You guys are all here for a uh, banging episode. And we want to just point out, touch on quickly as well. Next week is episode 150, which signifies like three years worth of the Magic Guys. Three, that is insane to to, to say. Um, and so I'm your veteran still <laughs> plugging along since day one. So we want to have a- OG, for real. Well, yeah, call me daddy, daddy. Uh, You're George. the daddy, daddy. No, that, that doesn't work. That makes <laughs> we'll you mama. That makes mama? you mama because you gave birth to the rest of us. You know what I mean? And I'm, yeah. I'm the annoying adopted child. You're you know the uncle. I, mean? I feel like you're the uncle. Uncle Nick? Uncle, uncle Nick. Yeah, that fits. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, we'll figure out my name properly, I guess. But we want to have a proper um, celebratory episode next week. So make sure you're there because we're going to do some live giveaways that uh, we were just chatting about, and the, this is stuff you can't get anywhere else, um, and this is going to be awesome. But before we bring on our guest, uh, Doug, how are you feeling over there in the in the U.S. world? I've had three beers and two shots, so I'm chipper, yeah. as they say. In Hell the yeah, in the, that's not true. I'm good. I, I never drink. <laughs> maybe maybe I should sauce <laughs> it up one night and just get a little wacky on here. That's not true. even not even Definitely. when I say. I used to play in a band. <laughs> oh, man. All right. For you, the vodka. Hey. And for me, it's the V. <laughs> the BB without the B. That's right. And how are you doing over there, Nick? I'm awesome, Fran. It's just been, you know, corporate Christmas time where yeah. we just doing one gig after another and all the joys that come along with that, which is really cool because, you know, speaking of VB and, and corporate Christmas, both Aussie both magic totally in line with that awesome guest we have coming this evening right guys yeah absolutely and this guy we have a funny story of how we got to meet in person which will uh as we've been classically saying we'll save it for the pod um but this guy is is a worker in australia and i came across him through seeing him on some shows that i regularly tune into but also uh he's a fellow australia's got talent alumni and uh, he's been doing amazing things, and he's so young, and uh, that you know, so much hair, and it just hurts me to see that <laughs> in the best way possible. So, ladies and gentlemen, please help us in welcoming. I'm just going to uh, double check. All right, we'll check that uh, this audio is good. All right, here we go. Let's welcome Magic Mike.
carpet. That's the thought. Um, thanks for having me. This is great. Ah, glad you could make it, Mike. What uh, what part of the world, just for our listeners, are you in? I'm in Sydney, uh, which is born and raised in Canberra, and uh, but moved to Sydney about five six years ago. So, lo- absolutely loving it. And yeah, you guys, you, I mean, we're, we're we're taking over the whole country. We've got the whole eastern border um, covered here, don't we, Nick? We do, pal. In fact, you and I have exchanged so much work between each other because of our locations, and I thank you so much for that. And I'm super glad we set up a friendship. We're talking about how we got to know each other. I don't know the mythology between Josh and yourself, but if memory serves, you and I met doing the GenieCon convention, correct, where, where I was lecturing. That's right. I got to see this yeah. man lecture for the first time, sitting there in the front row in awe, as you are now, Doug. Doug, actually, pleasure to meet you as well. I haven't Likewise, brother. Likewise. But, yeah, Nick, we met in Sydney at, at a convention, which was fun. Yeah, and I, I remember you doing some card stuff around the table, and I just went like, finally. Someone with swagger, someone who's like <laughs> genuinely, you know, when you watch some guys, and it's especially yeah. at conventions, you know what I mean? It was like, like, there's nothing like, like, for example, if you go to Magic Live, which we will be there in August, okay, I'm already planning cool stuff to do. I sent you guys a link yesterday about driving supercars. Yeah. Nick's trying to kill us. That's I what Nick do. He's like, let's get in jet cars and blast off to the moon. That's what Nick there wants is to a do. Race- there is a racetrack in Vegas that you can spend a couple of grand but drive like all your dream supercars. And I'm like, oh, how about this? I'll do it if you pay it. for it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay to risk my life, but if you pony the bill, I'm in there with you. It's a you good want deal. Me to flip two and a half thousand US dollars so that you can go and drive. Was I unclear? <laughs> Yes, we're, that's gonna, what I want. We're going to have to start a fundraiser at some point for the Magic Guys to make Doug do whatever you want. If you want to see him go over the whole Vegas strip on the friggin' uh, Flying Fox or you want to see him in cars, it's we'll start. I'm good with that. We can do Kickstarters. Maybe I'll go over the falls in a barrel. I'll do that Niagara Falls thing. We can work oh up to God, that. That's so great. We're going to do a tiered system, friends, where if like the first $100 means he'll do this. And then from five and a hundred, then eventually it'll lead to like punching a tiger. That's it. I'm like, doing Blaine. I'm doing so Blaine let's, level uh, stuff. Is, let's, is this like Twitch where people can sort of donate money on the fly and like put their comments up and stuff? <laughs> That's what we're hoping. <laughs> so we do have live comments. Uh, we do have live comments, but uh, we haven't figured out the live money yet. Um, but are, we, uh, are look, we viable for that? Viable on YouTube? Not, do we, are we eligible for the not box? Yet. No, we're not not yet monetized yeah. for this Good. channel. That keeps us clean. No. So anyway, back back to my <laughs> point. When you're at conventions, typically, like especially at Magic Live, that's that's for sure. When someone says, "Can I show you something?" I go, Absolutely, because I love when people show me magic. A lot of times, people are a little too intimidated to show me magic, but I'm always very welcoming of it. Now, typically, when someone's like, "Take this," and then spell your name and count this many cards and what's your favorite number and like every single person is like can you count something it's just like that that, that drains my soul like when i see stuff like that and it, it's painful and typically it's either like canadians or, Amer- or americans who love to count like to show that they can count i don't know mm. hold on now fella the americans for the counting purely oh, an observation okay but then mike gets up right okay, i admit it i'm and, a counter and does this thing that properly required like a setup and it was like a thing with a torn card that memory doesn't serve exactly but i was just like this guy like borrowed a deck rung in this gaff and did a whole torn card thing like what a pimp 
And I thought that's a that's a baller right there. And that's when you like you impressed me so much at that round table. And I was there again like a few months ago. And sadly, you weren't. And I was looking forward to like bumping into you there. But like erroneous, like it was just you made such an impression. And so it's so cool to have you on the show and for us to be able to share your awesomeness with our audience. Thank you. But thank, yeah, thank you. I'm pretty sure I, I may have ripped up one of her cards during that routine. But um, yeah, let's let's not talk about that. So yeah, that was. Um, that was – I know what you mean because sometimes people can – the first trick they show, and this is a tip for people who are new to magic or getting into it, love to show people. You do want to really make that first trick pretty quick and swift and a lot of – how many times do people do that one where they do the three rows of seven and then you got to point to the row? I'm envisioning a meld of the 21-card trick with torn and restored. Can we go down this avenue? Where are we? No, 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 no. There's not the most- I'm with you. I'm with you. Mathematics meets visual magic. Right. Well, no, that could be good. No, I think we brought that up because um, it's nothing to do with the 21 thing. It's like I try and do a, I don't know, I'm either forcing or I'm just controlling their card instantly and then doing a reveal within within 30 seconds. But I'm just sort of saying it's, I think as Nick pointed out, it was, that's what caught his eye is that this was a quick, swift, borrowed deck kind of bang kind of routine that Mm. I just love to do. I think, I think to your point, yeah, yeah. it's that whole notion of like, you know, you've only got one chance to make your first impression yeah. and you just did it so well, you know? So, yeah. I but I'm curious it. how, like, we, we've been saving. So before the show, what was reiterated more than anything was, let's save that for the pod. And So I'm many juicy curious, topics. <laughs> how, did, how do you know Josh? How did you guys connect? Well, I think I, that's a that's a gig story, Nick. That's what oh, that is. Gig story? I'm sorry, I'm yeah, not yeah, aware. It's a gig story. I mean, we can go to gig stories Let's now. Let's go to gig you, stories. You, you. Let's go to gig stories. Yeah. Well, Let's my go first... to gig stories. My first. So, gig stories is a little <laughs> section of the show where we like to talk now. about moments of magic. Shut up, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> a little professionalism wow. around here, please. That's a first. <laughs> Telling our guests that we want to talk to shut up. <laughs> I was like, what's so, going on? I'm happy to talk. I'm trying to run a goddamn segment. Okay, so Gig okay. Stories is a section of the show where we like to talk about moments of magic, either at gigs or just in our day-to-day life, and we share them with you, our audience, for posterity, starting with our lovely guest who never talks over anyone, Mike. <laughs> so, uh, well, let's melt this together then. Josh and I meeting, yeah. the, I guess two parts, kind of, finding out about each other or versus meeting. I saw I saw this man do a backflip on a stage on Australia's Got Talent and, and uh, reached out and was like, mate, this is – I think I said something similar to you that you may have said to me earlier, Nick, about just someone refreshing and having a laugh and not taking themselves too seriously doing magic and putting smiles on faces, which is just great for the game. Everybody who does well and makes magic – fun and cool uh it just it's good for all magicians around the place so i think i said something to you what the day it aired or the day after it aired it's gone mate almost like thank you because it was just like a it was a great routine few routines but in person this is kind of funnier only mm. it was only what a month ago yeah uh, we, and also i apparently i'd met your girlfriend yes before even yes. meeting you apparently yes yeah, so we um <laughs> we'd started dating oh, not you and i my girlfriend and i'd started dating and you were performing up in a casino somewhere in the the northern Cairns, yeah. Yep. And she'd seen this magician and she like sent me his photo. I was like, that's the guy from Australia's Got Talent I told you about like a few months ago. So she, when I went to Brisbane and saw you, she did say, tell me to say hi. 
But our meeting story, okay. I had come to Brisbane a few times. I'm in Sydney. Josh is obviously in Brisbane. And we just couldn't find a time that connected. And then um, this is pretty embarrassing. I haven't told anyone this story besides Josh, really. I have a gig about a month ago. And I had come straight from a, a, a gig interstate somewhere and drove to the airport. And I spent overnight somewhere else. I had these two bags, one which had all my clothes and just overnight bag and one which had all my magic stuff to perform two hours roving at event. I didn't pack that bag on the plane. I'm sitting there on the plane about to go to Brisbane with, or on the tarmac. I'm like, I have no decks of cards, rubber band, anything, and I have to go straight from the airport to this party. Like, Love it. I know. The audience is blown away. So I was thinking, how am I going to do that? I could, I could maybe do 45 minutes. That's a stretch of um, a few phone things, but I like that. We'd already been chatting, so it wasn't as out of the blue. I was like, Josh, where can the CBD, can I buy some decks of cards? I'm in des- I'm desperate here. And then you were just so kind of went, man, I'm performing like down the street. I'm, I'm going to be there half an hour early. Swing by, I'll give you some stuff. So my Uber drove past, didn't even stop. Josh has just <laughs> got this handful of decks and all sorts of goodies and just went, here you go, and just, that's spectacular. It was like that. it was like in a movie. Like the car just drove past, didn't even fully stop, and I just handed him a, a package, and he's kept going. <laughs> and, and I and I got there on time, and that was the first time. That was actually the first time we met, and we caught up after for a drink and, and yeah. everything. But yeah, thanks again, man. <laughs> this is this is the camaraderie that the magic community needs uh, to have. You know what I mean? Like I I, I want to ask. Doug, like, just as a quick side note, like, is there this level of camaraderie amongst, like, your community? And do you, like, you keep in mind, like, between the three of us, we've exchanged so much work and so much knowledge and so much, like, kindness. Like, is it the same on your side of the planet? Absolutely. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, professionals in New Orleans, so we do take care of each other here for sure. And, yeah, I can remember a handful of times where I've done similar things for other guys. Got one coming by tomorrow, in fact. A family performer has breakaway wand broke he needs a hookup and he'll be here tomorrow at noon to pick one up i don't really have a brick and mortar but you know you do that for people when they need it if you can yeah whereabouts in the states are you based doug i'm in new orleans new orleans louisiana yeah nice i i I lived in um in philadelphia for a a year 18 months uh before the magic was a full-time thing Um, but i had this one funny story actually just remind me the american accent's the best i'm I, where I was staying, it was in Philadelphia, and they they filmed Silver Linings Playbook, which is great movie. Love that movie so much. Yeah, it's you know, so you know good. so you know that dance sequence at the end, and that whole that whole room is um, this awesome place in Philly. Right. So where I was staying, the apartment I was living at, uh, I'd have a wedding reception every single night of the week, Monday through Sunday, because of that room. You can imagine why, and. I came home from work on a Friday once and I had a deck of cards in my sort of jacket pocket and I just said, I'm going to go, I'm going to go just do some roving magic just while they're having drinks out the front. And I, I do. And as I'm about five minutes into it, they're having fun. They all start walking into the actual reception, like into the main kind of through the elevators. I'm like, I, I'm here now. So I go in, I get to the front desk and I'm like, do you know uh, Luke or Sarah? And I just went, oh, I'm mates with Luke from school. So I've just crashed this wedding. Yeah. I walk in. 
The bride happens to walk past straight away. She kind of stares me up and down and keeps going. I grab a champagne. And then this room is incredible. Matt. This is why everybody – I hadn't been in there yet. It was half the reason I wanted to do it. And I just thought I have to fit in here so I can't just stand around by myself. Went over these four blokes, just like told myself it was a gig I was doing. And they're all arms crossed. I'm like, hey, guys, I'm the magician tonight. I'm actually, you know, I'm from here. And like, show me a trick. I'm Billy, guys. <laughs> I, yeah, I showed them something. Their arms were all crossed. Yeah. And did Yo. something kind of quick. Yo, sure, worked something. out well. And then they go, do another one. And I do a second one. And then this guy grabs my arm, walks me over to his table and his wife. And he's, do that trick now. And all of a sudden... Um, I'm getting all these people from these tables coming around. I'm bouncing around the tables, getting in photos, having some entrees. And this woman about an hour into it, all dressed in black, she comes up to me and goes, can I speak to you when you're finished with that table? I go over to her and she says, I've been watching you for about half an hour now and it's going well. People are having fun, but I'm the event manager. I just spoke to the bride and groom. Who are you? <laughs> and I didn't have a response and I ended up just saying, can I speak to the bride or groom? And she walks me over to the groom and he just luckily he goes, are you that magician I'm hearing all about? And I perform something to him and he's like, mate, I love magic. He, he happened to be the biggest magic fan in the room. Wow. Um, asked me to stay. So that was always like a real highlight moment of, um, of spending time in America. I'm like, these people are all right. They're good fun. Mate. Mike, that should be that should be the new version of the wedding crashes, but it should be like the magician crash, yeah, wedding crash. No doubt. That, that could be a series. Maybe maybe we should do a series where we try to crash parties, but because we're the magician, we find our way to. I've thought about doing that fun. where you can you could figure out on a Friday. There's like these two events. There's a wedding here, or there's a fiftieth. Like, which one should I crash? The goal is like you, once they find out who you are, they don't want you to leave because if you're a pest, then don't do it. I, I, right. have, I have an in uh, for you to bypass all this where you can arrive and they'll be like, sorry, man, there's nothing here. And I go like, I don't know what to tell you, man. The agency booked me. So like, you don't know why you're there. I just like, my agent deals with this stuff. I just do the gigs. Well, who's the contact? I'm like, my agent. I've got like my agent's name. Go. Then all of a sudden it's like, look, man, I'm paid to be here. I just want to do my job for the two hours I'm paid and I want to oh, leave. Okay. And if you don't let me perform, mm. I probably can't send an invoice. So just let me do my job. And let me go home. And if they're like, <laughs> okay, fine. So then you have access to this room for like two hours and then you can like do your gig and then bounce. Like, so mm. it's so funny we, that yeah. we're, we're, it's funny that we're talking about ways to do a free gig, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> but it's so true. It's so true. We're all desperate for cash. Yeah. Like, or can Tim, we- Tim makes a good point saying that someone sent me as a wedding gift and that's a great idea, Tim. Ooh. You know, when I was young, I looked for any opportunity I could get to perform. You know, it didn't, it wasn't about money at all, just about doing the magic for people. So that's the thing, true. right? True, true, true. Finding avenues to exhibit your passion. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. All right. I, so I, um, Tim, Tim's a magician, I'm assuming. And yeah, that's a great call. Like people yeah. saying, well, can I get my mate for his, oh, can I hire this guy for a couple of hours? That's awesome. Yeah. And how, how many times that? have you had that? Like I, I've been booked as a gift from people before. Have you yeah. guys had that scenario? It is yeah. my like, least yeah. favorite thing. Like when they're like, you're the present. I'm like, what? Like, like you have yeah. to hide and we just want you to sort of pretend and then, and then tell them you're the magician. I'm like, it's so weird, you know, <laughs> you know, it's so you weird. Just, you just go with right? it. I, I once had to go in and just pretend like I was a friend of uh, the guy that 
that uh, booked me on behalf of this couple. So I'm I'm talking about how we went to school together and all yeah. Stuff. yeah, you just I'm, go with it. I'm sort of torn about that when couples suggest that. It's kind mm. of funny, but then at the same time, I think it kind of takes away from your like the people respecting you as a magician. Like they just think that you are some economist who happens to do magic on the side and they're going to give you less credit than if you were paid to be there. So it's always a bit tricky Like when couples or clients suggest that. I'm like, it's funny. I like where your head's at, but maybe it will – that your, your audience just isn't going to enjoy it as much, I think. And they always suggest that upon arrival, it's the thing. It's always when you get there that like, oh, um, uh, people aren't here yet. You go pretend to be a bartender. And I'm like – Okay, and then you're behind the bar. And people are like, "I'll have a white Russian." I'm like, "The crap! Do you make a white Russian?" You know what I mean? <laughs> I haven't like, had to do that. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Whenever that's happened, like it only is the case for the first, you know, two minutes, and then the moment you start doing magic, you throw fire in the air. It's like now you're just to your normal thing. But yeah, clients do like saying, "Just pretend to be a guest." I thought I'd leave it as a surprise and not tell anyone. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. You just start you know doing what magic as if I just walked into the room and started doing magic as opposed to me being mm. there and then being like, I'm a surprise. Like, it's just stupid, you know? So anyways, yeah. on with all right, big I, stories. All right. I got a quick gig story. I'll keep it short because I, I want there's so much I want to talk to Mike about. But um, last week, Theatre of Magic doing our parlor show and the I'll tell you what the effect is and then tell, I'll tell you what happened leading up to it and how that happened. But basically we had this miracle moment where I was in the audience and I always make a joke and say, um, oh, did anyone bring any cards with them? And then when no one says they brought any, I go, well, <coughs> I guess we'll use mine then. As in like, oh, as a backup, we can use mine that I've obviously set everything up with. But, but these two people were like, oh, I have some. There's this girl and this... Uh, maybe 11 year old boy at the back. And I was like, Oh damn, people don't normally have any. All right, let's, let's use yours. So I got the 11 year old at the back of the room to hold his deck, just take it out, hold it on his hand. And I borrowed this girl who I came to find out is a fellow magician from visiting Brisbane from Perth named Josie. And she throws me her deck and I have a card selected from this deck it was the Ace of Spades. And then I go, imagine if the essence of that selected card can actually turn itself over in your deck, in your hands that you've brought with you. And this 11-year-old takes out his cards, spreads through, finds one face down, and it is the Ace of Spades. And the look, oh, on, this kid's, thing. The look on this kid's face was like, I feel like that's the story he'll tell for the rest of his life. Like... Mm. When I was 11, this magician made a card from my own deck that I brought with me turn over. Now, what happened was he rocked up with his dad and asked um, the host, who is the amazing Nigel, who's one of the performers as well, but he was outside the theater and he had asked him, could you sign my deck of cards? And he's gone, okay, sure. Oh, And then he said, oh, do you want the other magician to sign it as well? And he goes, yeah. So Nigel comes in. He says, is it Josh Norbita? Nah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We know. <laughs> yeah, we don't need him to sign the thing. Uh, so he comes in, brings this deck. I'm like, I'll sign it. And then I just go, hang on. This is an effect right here. We need to take advantage of this. And so I look through and I pre-show this Ace of Spades. So I just, uh, we're meant to sign it, but I go, you know what? 
let's make this even more better. So taking advantage of the opportunity. So I turned mm. her face down and then I said, um, just keep an eye on him and let me know if you see him doing stuff with his cards or if he just keeps it in his pocket. And um, sure enough, in the foyer, he didn't take the deck out. So I'm like, all right, let's do this. And uh, yeah, just made this crazy moment in the show that just seemed so off the cuff that uh, it was beautiful and it'll never happen again. And maybe, uh, it was maybe because you're thoughtful enough to make it happen. So, yeah. Yeah. Another, True. another, another awesome one could do that. I love that. But do you, I, I was doing these up virtually this trick. Um, it probably has a name that I'm just, and I'm not going to give credit to whoever it is. I'm sorry, sir. Please help me out. <laughs> I got you covered. What's the trick? Effectively, it's a way to force the top card, and and they can be doing it themselves, where they kind of grab it twice and then spread through. Yeah, yeah. Doug, he knows That's the word. A Balducci cut deeper force. Exactly, I was about to say that. So, <laughs> doing that and knowing knowing their top card, right? Or and and you having that second deck, like, oh, let's see if we can connect from here to here. Like, are you have a bit of magic in you? This will work. And then doing that and and matching cards. I was doing that virtually yeah. with people. So I would I would say, um, you know, I've been doing this magic on my end, but who has a deck? Nick, you've got one there. Can you sh- just make sure they're all different? These probably aren't. There's a lot of six of hearts. And I would just make sure I get to see their top card. And they're like, can you hold them there like that? And I'd mm. glance eight. And then I would take an eight on my end and do like, Nick, let's try this out. Grab a little pile. And I would almost, I'm going to just put this lapel on here so I can sort of show you this. I would make it as if, that went the other way. Maybe um, just take the shirt off. It seems to be getting yeah, in the way. Yeah, it's not. I would always make it as if like we're trying to match from the start. Like pick up a small pile. Ah, oh, damn it. That one's wrong. Flip it over. Let's go again. You know what? We got a red Ooh. card and then a spade. I think this could be the one. And then like let's just spread through them. There's a whole bunch face up. We don't need them. Take this card. So everyone watching at home, that card now once you do that twice was the original top card so if you could glance at theirs virtually you could just do this like perfect match but yeah knowing what they have anyway that's another idea for that one mate adding that presentational hook to it is that's a that's a mini master class you just gave everyone yep. uh, that's that's beautiful man that oh. is worthy of a air horn Very hell good. yeah hell yeah all right any other gig stories before we I got Keep a little pressing knowledge. Mike. <laughs> yeah. I got a little something that just a quick one, right? So I was doing a uh, a corporate event on Saturday night. And this is for one of my most favorite clients I ever work for. He's an amazing, amazing person who works in recruitment. He knows everyone and he cares about his staff a lot. Like a lot. Is this and- the sorry, is this, is this the Playgirls uh, manager? <laughs> no. Uh, sorry. I don't know what that is. Too but easy. This is- yeah, I don't know if it did I suggest it. This is the guy with the really awesome car collection and a super cool guy. But anyway, long story short, um, he, with all sincerity and genuinely came to me and said, look, ma'am, there's a lot of people here today. I'm not going to have an opportunity to get around. Can you do me a favor? When you go to each group, can you say to them like, oh, you know, hi, Russell sent me here to show you magic and like let them know that like you're there for me. And I went, what a freaking great idea. How have I not gone to every single ceo i've met and said mm. blah 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 and i go like this and that and i go and, I, and just say to them look mr ceo i know mr and mrs ceo i know you're a very busy person so let me go to every single one of the people and say like i'm here on behalf of you 
and to and that you wish them a very mis- like lovely Christmas or whatever else. And I was just like, Russell, the, the man that just keeps on giving. So I just thought to myself, like, that's great. Because I can't tell you how many times I've gone to like break the ice with people and said, hi, guys, my name is Nick. Um, Blah said that I have to come over and show you magic. But it's so much better to say that like, yeah, your yeah. boss really one like has sent me here to show you some of my award-winning magic and they go like oh well and then and they're all going to say like well if the boss sent you here we better participate and we better behave so there's so much good stuff that comes along with it just knowing that it came from their boss number one who cares number two who outranks them and is generally trying to give them something nice so i think yeah that's really particularly events where it might be um like a law firm who has a lot of their own clients there. So it's like the, the the law firm's boss is you go up to the other companies and say, oh, Lucy sent me over here because she wanted me to show you guys some stuff. Yeah, that's a, that's a great it's a great one. icebreaker, man. Wow. The hot tips are flowing tonight, huh? Right. Yeah, I love what's man. going on here. All right, next one. Uh, Mike, can you explain your Magic Mike in brackets, not a stripper branding thoughts process and how often does that become like – how many times did it have to come up for you to put in brackets "not a stripper" next to the brand? So actually, it was it started because of Hamish and Andy, and they referenced me and they said, "Oh, we caught up with Magic Mike again." Oh, not he's not a stripper, and I just sort of laughed uh, an extra time and went, "You know what? I'm going to oh, it's my website. That's fun." Um, I thought I'm going to change my Instagram name. This is like five years ago to that because. I just thought it was funny. And I only have intended doing it for about a year, uh, for, for about a month. And then all of a sudden, like, this is actually, it sells myself as someone who does magic and is not taking themselves too seriously. And that's really like the goals I had. I have people who call me up and just say, I laughed at the name. You're, you seem like the guy for this event. Um, so that's, a, that's what I like to do versus being like the great someone or although I love the prestige, the great Danton is my favorite. Um, yeah, I think the name of it was always just he's here to have a laugh. It's never – there's only times when like you're at a hen's party and they'll go – the hen – oh, sorry, the actual hen will be in the other room and the, the maid of honor, I guess, will come to the door and be like, okay, um, I'm going to introduce you to stay here. And like, Jess – Entertainment's here, Magic Mike, come on through. And then they put on Pony Genuine by, you know, from the movie. And I'll they'll ask to do silly things, but I, I usually am pretty normal here. And then I'll just go out there and usually the hen's kind of expecting a stripper and she's got a face in her hands. Oh, so embarrassing because her mother-in-law is probably sitting next to her and probably her own mum. But then I'll kind of come and like pull the cards from behind her ear. And so, but yeah, so... They it's, ever get um, mad? They're like, man, oh, I was hoping for a stripper. I, I get that. Like yesterday that happened. I did yeah. some event. And people <laughs> like, oh. But I'm um, on my business card. I do have, I sort of have this joke of, so it says not a stripper. There's an asterisk. And then it's, well, there you go. Not a stripper. And then it says yeah. everyone, everyone has their price. <laughs> Doug, I think you have your price. Everyone's you got their price. You think I don't have a price? That's yeah, I, I Depends on the day as well, doesn't it? Like sometimes it's just a hug or, you know, a case of beer, but sometimes it's a lot. So, yeah, um, <laughs> people make that joke a lot and like, oh, when's the strip show start? And, you know, I just play off. My, my price is actually 32 cents. So I get by pretty cheap with this. Uh, uh, I reckon we get that Which, started going. We'll get that going. 
Well, in Australian dollars, that's like 500 bucks. Yeah, right? It's yeah. like, yeah, that's yeah. retirement money. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I get books for a hens, I always say like, all right, look, like, you know, I'm not going to take my oh. stuff off, all right? Because I, I charge extra for that because like, and it mainly goes to the waxing is what I joke about. I go to the waxing because my body looks like a ham that's been rolled around on a barbershop floor, just picking up all the hair. It's kind of gross. So you want me to get rid of all that if I'm going to come and it's do selling, your show. And, yeah. and they just laugh and laugh and laugh and go, no, no, it's fine, hon. You're going to be great. Thanks. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So that's that's a really smart way to brand. And 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 I imagine, because unlike my name, Josh Norbido, you only remember it if you remember the name, which is very little. <laughs> so that, that happens. But Magic Mike, such an easy thing to remember. Oh, yeah, his name was Magic Mike, but he's not not a stripper. They could almost what? say that whole thing. There's actually a Magic Mike in New Orleans. One of our top professionals is Magic Mike not that magic mic is his oh that's his that's funny yeah. there you go we have to have yeah. a we have to have a convention i saw that was on america's <laughs> got talent there was a magic mic that went on this season or something um Did he but yeah that's fair he's been wow. magic mike for a while he's near my age so this guy's yeah, been magic you. mike in before there was a magic mic you know what i mean yeah, it's not it's not uncommon for for strippers or dancers to venture into the realm, magic realm. Isn't what's his name from Sydney? I want to say Montana. Um, I mean, that's how I got. Oh my start. yeah, yeah. The guy that's on the face of all of the the uh, Magic Mike shows. No oh, man, right. like the actual like the illusionist from Sydney. I forget his name. Oh, Brandon Montana. Thank you, Brandon Montana. Yeah, he's he he's uh, an amazing physique. Um, man, still to this day, you know, I, I don't know what he's pushing now, but he looks fantastic still to this day. Still doing illusion shows, like really high end, high energy, like really kick ass stuff. But um, yeah, and he basically was, you know, in, in in that realm of stripping, you know, with his with his handsome self, and went like they, they said, a magic a magician come to a bit in the strip show, and when he found out what the magician was charging, he was like, "How much are you getting paid?" He was like, "Oh." straight to the magic store, bought tricks and then became a magician and, you know, has built an amazing career ever since. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think I enjoyed the term. I don't know what he's pushing. Is that a, is that a gym like bench press thing? Cause that's great. Yeah. Like or, you don't always lifting. Yeah. 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 I, bench like press. That, I imagine. I that. Yeah. I so you, you prefaced Hamish and Andy and I know your relationship with them, but just so that we can point people to this podcast, when you get asked from now on, you can be like, go to, you know, uh, 34 minutes of the podcast and I'll explain. So and everyone also, watching, please enlighten the Americans. Cause y'all mentioned Amish and Andy. I'm not sure who those people are. So yeah, so I'll, I'll let you take it away much. and preface who they are and yeah. your relationship. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Hamish and Andy are these Australian comedians who have been sort of pretty much top of the game for about 20 years, They're early forties. And in their early twenties, they had a radio show and TV shows and, they're pretty well known. One of them now hosts uh, Lego Masters, which is a pretty popular oh, nice. show. And I've seen that show. Yeah, there's a the, who, who's actually that's funny. The guy in the American one is plays the guy off um, Rested Development, the magician in Rested Development, isn't mm. it? Oh yeah, yeah, Will Fern. Yeah. So um, he he and ha- these two guys are these very popular, funny, very nice guys, oh, and I met, met them. Pardon me. Yeah, yeah, well, someone corrected me. Yeah, it is. Yes, thank you, Thomas. Yeah, so I met them. Uh, actually, funny that the original story was they had a competition on their podcast about nine years ago, 
and it was one day I will dot 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 and it was to raise it was like um a charity that helps children achieve their dreams that was like the, that's what the charity does but they sponsored the podcast and then they wanted people to watching it to make a video what would be your one day I will dot 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 thing like what as a child or as an adult what is it and I had I knew it was um, this video was to be filmed uh, to be submitted by a certain day and I was like okay I'm gonna do this this would be fun I realized the day of I hadn't done anything. I'm like, God, ah, that's a shame. The, the competition to win was to go to, the, to their house to, to watch the AFL grand final at the actual MCG, which is impossible to get tickets to. So it was a pretty cool prize. I ended up submitting. I filmed about five minutes of me and my friend talking um, from our phones about like one day I'm going to become a great magician. Uh and it was a dream sequence of me then doing street magic that I had performed a year ago, like a really well shot video. So it looked like I had put all this effort into this video that just never got uploaded anywhere. And I uploaded this video about doing magic. Long story short, I win this comp and I go to their house and I turned up. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to just like sit in the corner. I'd brought a case of beer, red cups, taught them how to play beer pong, was doing magic to everyone. And it was about two, about 18 months later, um, we all ran into each other at this pub in Sydney and we just like kind of rekindled it all. Um, and then, yeah, that was, yeah, about eight years ago. And just Hamish haps, happens to really love magic himself and like performs a fair amount. So he would always, yeah, get me to come along to these events. But now, now we're just actually good friends and um, do a lot of, bike riding and golf and, and all sorts of stuff together and he actually had a party on the weekend just gone i don't know if you saw a photo josh i was um, <laughs> yeah. it was it the theme was las vegas which is um is is a pretty good easy one for us to go to so it was at their house and people were dressing up as um elvis and and share my girlfriend went to share and she looked great but I went as um, David Copperfield, who's not the most just you can't really picture an outfit of his, but I had this wig and the thing that I did use, which really gave it gave it something, was I've never owned one before, but I was like, that's the wrong way. Don't do it like that. <laughs> it was like having one of these decks and I was just standing there in all these photos with this like stupid face and my wig on. Um best three dollar prop ever um so going to their house and um and performing of these sort of things like that and that was just as a guest but it's just it's open up some pretty uh some pretty big doors to meeting some people and getting some cool events from it yeah so that was like a he's always just like a very nice um mentor like kind of talking to me about pricing and about making fans and that idea of you want to have a thousand true fans rather than trying to get a hundred thousand people to do this. It's like, no, get a thousand people that you would send merch to for free and you'll write to them and all that sort of stuff. And then it will just grow from there. So that's always been, um, that's some great advice. actually. Ooh, wow. you know, it really right. is. Yeah. I mean, a thousand's a lot, even five or just five. Yeah. 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 But and, and to do that and to have those, yeah, one, two, ten people that you can you will send your stuff to and, and yeah. they'll 
they'll just start spreading it and um, yep. motivating you and it just grows. So that's yep. that was one of the cool things that helped me do it. Rather than being like, I'm going to try and get to 500,000 something, something. It's like, no, nah, don't even try. Just do those, do that small core people. And it will, if you build it, it will come, you know? Yeah, long term, that's the better course. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Wow. So yeah, that's that's been um, the connection with those guys, and particularly as Hamish just happens to love magic. We, like, at this party, I was slipping him cards, and he was going around to people, pulling behind his ear. He was dressed as Siegfried and his friend Roy, so that helped. Um, but yeah, and they had two guys dressed as tigers that they walked around on. Was, um, but yeah, it's good fun. <laughs> <laughs> and what what is the Sydney scene like for you as as a magician? Because from Brisbane, from my perspective, Sydney seems so fast-paced. There's a, there is a lot more performing magicians there, uh, but I imagine there's also more events happening there. But what's it uh, like as a working pro? Yeah, it. So I grew up in Canberra, but I just I moved to Sydney because of a, a, a finance job that I had. But I wasn't in that for too long before I ended up quitting and doing the magic full time. But I could. I love Canberra, but I just Sydney's just too good for for this kind of thing. I imagine Brisbane's pretty good. But yeah, there there's a there's a fair few of us that do it. Um, but again, there's four million plus people that live here. So there's a lot going on, weeknights, lunches, all um all the time and people have stuff at their house. It's it's pretty good. That yeah, again. There's about five of us that I really connect with and we share each other's stuff like I do with you guys when it's interstate. Uh, so mm-hmm. community-wise, it's also pretty good. But um, just because of the sheer volume of people having events, uh, it, you, it can sustain as many of us. And you find yourself are. working mostly. Uh, you're doing like close-up, intimate work, stage Yeah. Things. What? I'll do – like my favorite kind of thing is I'll tell people if they have 80 people at an event, 100, I'll say I'll come for two hours I'll, uh, and I'll do 15 minutes on the mic in front of everybody. I don't need big props or a stage. I'll just do a few. Um, like I love guessing phone passcodes. It's my absolute yeah. favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I people like that. that. I found that works as a stage thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So, yeah, I'll, I'll do mostly close up in people's hands and then yeah. just do 10 to 15 minutes. And then I, I sometimes suggest to have that at the very start or – Two thirds of the way through it, where people have, if I if it's going to be a harder crowd, I prefer it um, later on because I know that yeah, I, I would think that's the better course of action. Give everyone a warm up at the close up, yes. and then when you hit the stage, everyone's ready to love you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I totally agree with that. But you know, how many times have you done events where they've said we want you to do a stage portion first and then go roving? Yeah, mm. I, I've I did one last weekend and. Straight away, the the CEO of the company, yeah, he sort of said, "Guys, we've got someone here, Magic Mike. They make the same jokes, which is fair enough." Um, and the good thing about that is, if you do, if if they do listen and you get a good trick or two out, it just makes that roving part so much easier because everyone you, you don't have to break you better your kill because if you don't, the the opposite is true, and now yes. you're going to have the fortress. Yes. How are y'all doing? Yeah. We're busy. Uh, actually, I, I've had that one. I'm going to tell this story, actually. I had the the worst. I hope that the person who booked me doesn't listen. She just feels guilty because I don't think it was my fault, but it was this event, um, 200 people in Canberra, and it was a cocktail event, so there was no seats. And I had 
And I should probably be a bit more strict on what time, like give me the run sheet. When am I going on? I went on about 90 minutes after it was speeches and video presentations and, and this for, for literally 90 minutes. And then they go, all right, everybody have a quick um, bathroom break. Cause then we've got a magician. They all went to the bathroom, got their beers and then just started chatting. And then the MC who introduced me just did not get their attention or give them a crack at all. And I get up there and 200 people and I would say a dozen of them are looking at me and the rest are all talking and I almost can't even hear myself because they're not seated. If they were seated, it's just so much easier. But oh, they're yeah. just That's moving rough. around. And um, thankfully, the owner of the company who I'd performed for before um, has seen me and he's a really nice guy. He was one of the ones of the 12 and it was brutal. I'm sure I was just dropping sweat. So that was the start, and then I had to do roving after that. And it was the Ooh. only time I've ever had someone. I walk up to these three people. Hey, guys, I'm, I'm, they just went, oh, no, thanks. We're not interested. And it just like re- I was like, wow, I, I didn't even fight it. Because usually I kind of go, oh, no, like it's – Yeah. I, um, I was like that. It was just – well, you do that if someone says no, thank you. You'll you'll be like, but no, you're gonna like this and yeah, get them I, into the moment. I, usually, it's like a group of four, and like two of them will kind of be like, again, that does. Thankfully, that's less than one percent of the time, but it happens. Right. And I, in my head, I'm like, it's not, it's nothing to you. It's more mm-hmm. like they've seen a cringy magician mm-hmm. in the past, and it's my goal mm. to kind of turn them around. And I do love it when people actually say they're like, oh. I actually kind of like magic now or, you know, yeah. I was as kept skeptic or something. It's kind of like, I feel like it's like a, a goal. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned unlocking passcodes. Yeah. Um, you have a video that has like 1.9 million views on your Instagram. Nice. Right. From unlocking a passcode. I'm blown away by, you know, online. You can never pick the videos that are going to do well. And yeah. um, this one was this one filmed on a phone? Because it seems like it's very it organic. So organic. This is. I didn't even know I was being filmed. So the story to this <laughs> one, I was on my way to Melbourne to perform at a wedding that night. I get to the airport. I always get to the airport about three minutes before the flight leaves. Um, but this time was, I, 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 I think I thought the flight was leaving earlier. I had a half an hour there waiting at the flight. So sitting there at the gates, and the whole one of these rugby league teams for uh, so Doug there's like a big rugby code in Australia and one of the teams was flying from um, Sydney to Melbourne to play the game that day and they're all in their uniform which kind of makes the video look look cooler so we're chatting and then one of the guys like what are you doing on this flight I'm, like, oh, I'm actually going to Melbourne to perform some magic oh shells trick I did a card I did one or two card tricks to about five of them. And they reacted enough for then the whole team and plus subs yeah. and coaches. There's like 30 people on there. Um, and it's just funny because all these people in the back, it just looks like it's 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 generally at an airport um, waiting zone because you can see all these random people watching. So one of the guys then just goes, can you do a trick with my phone? And I get up to do this and I did not realize anyone was filming it. So it was just like, I'm just gonna, I, I wasn't a, one of my friends filming. It was one of the players. And it was only at the very end I saw his phone. And for some reason I thought it was Insta- I thought he was live filming it. I don't know why. I think I saw someone on live like 20 minutes before that, like talking on it. 
So I went up to the camera and I went, magic mic, not a stripper, like stared at the camera thinking, <laughs> thinking like he's just got me on live and he's never going to tag me. And then afterwards, yeah, there. There it is. Good, good saying my name. <laughs> um, afterwards, he then comes up to me and goes, oh, by the way, I filmed that. Do you want me to airdrop it? She was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that'll be cool. And then I went to the player as we were kind of walking to the player. I'm like, do you mind if I upload this? And he goes, I've already changed my password. You can go for it. So he gave, <laughs> me, the, he gave me the permission. And then I just remembered on the on the drive, like we landed um, in Melbourne and on the drive to the gig, in the back seat, I just went, oh, I'm going to put a little voiceover of like, oh, I guess this footy player's passcode, rugby player's passcode, and uploaded it. And it went like it was a decent video in terms of like what I was used to, but it wasn't until like two weeks later that it then just kind of just went again. So that's an always interesting part. Like it makes me, it reminds me that mm. you don't need to have that like 48 hours of killing it for it to potentially do really well. But the other, the funny thing is the comments in that video and it really is throwing darts sometimes like what lands and the reason why 80% of the comments came through, I was wearing these rugby shorts, which are these Fijian rugby shorts, and all these people like, great shorts representing Fiji, and a lot of Fijians saw that. It's so crazy what people pick up on. Yeah, and I was like, love, I love the team, and um, I've gone to Fiji and performed for the team and stuff, but like, just haven't been wearing those shorts because they're just like comfortable and they have zips on the side, <laughs> and I love them. And then... <laughs> The other reason that everyone started commenting, I said I I guessed an Australian rugby player's passcode. Now, for you, Doug, this is going to sound really strange, but there's two codes of rugby. There's rugby league and there's rugby union. And they just, if you were to watch them, for, you'd think they're the same sport, but they are different. Um, Australians and people around the world kind of who've, who live in the UK, I guess, know that. I said rugby, which is technically and more commonly referred to as rugby union players. So all of these comments like, this is rugby league, you moron. Um, yeah. <laughs> are piling in like rugby league, people are idiots. Don't you disrespect rugby league? You know, wow. very likely that's what led to the virality. Just Those feeding the algorithm. The engagement. It you know, that and the PG thing. So now when I post, I'm like, what is something slightly controversial yeah. that really doesn't offend anyone? Yeah. But just will mm. cause. So I actually uploaded something um, on TikTok a few days ago and I it was an AFL player doing a passcode thing. And I just called him a footy player and I got Sarah, my girlfriend, wrote, this is not footy. This is this. And then all these people are just piling in and like. Uh, <laughs> more hot tips. Yeah, hot wow. tip. If, you're, if you want to try to get a video go viral, again, you can be horribly controversial and there's, you, know, you don't want to do that. But just try and think of a way to write something. Mm. That this is a great do. bit of advice. I, yeah. I, know a cla- I know a very easy one I've seen is people will go like the top 10 blah, blah, blahs and they'll skip a number. So that people go, oh, there was no number five. Yeah. I've seen I've seen that happen oh, a few times. Right. That's not bad. People just drop out number one as well. I'm like, maybe they're trying to make you find the the post where they put number one in. But yeah, if you can just come up with something like that, but it's just throwing darts. Um, and I've also experimented with like having captions on and off, and and that. Mm. That's Whatever you're it. doing it seems to be working. Your your uh, social media game strong, dude. You're you're crushing it over there on the Insta, anyway. 
Yeah, uh, thank you. Appreciate that, Doug. Coming mm-hmm. from you, that means a lot. But mm-hmm. um, do you find actually, Doug? Do you find that you get videos that go well a week or two or a month after? I know Josh, your one with um the deck of cards and the counting of the total shuffles did something like that. Does that happen with you, Doug? On Instagram, rarely will a video peak and valley. Sometimes it will. It's rare that on Instagram it comes back. More often that would happen on YouTube or maybe even TikTok. Right. Okay. So, like a month after posting it, like it does mm-hmm. an okay job and then a month later it just randomly yeah. goes. Yeah. Okay. YouTube is the most likely place for that to happen in my opinion. I, I think just all these socials, they've really made it hard to find the date it was posted. If you go to yeah, Reels and everything. You sure have. So it kind of, because in my head, if I if I happen to watch a video and I, and I think it's new, I'm, I'm more likely to engage and share it. But then if I realize it's six months old or a year old, it might yeah. probably deter me. So I guess that's good by them to do that because everyone just thinks everything's fresh. Yeah. Yeah, the, right. it's like going in a casino. They don't want you to know what time it is. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot of posts like, you know, when you see some people who have like, I have 110,000 followers with eight posts. And I assumed it was because they were deleting and reposting and or doing some sort of like cycle of content. Is that common in this realm? Totally attainable. What that number or that, de- that ratio? I guess it. I guess it depends if you've just particularly had one. I think some people have a video go bananas and then they might archive all of their older stuff oh. if they want to like brand themselves moving forward. I firmly believe maybe, someone but. knows what they're doing and has the right skill set to you know uh, uh, attack the platforms with the science that makes social media work. You can yeah. crush hard. Yeah. All right. I've been wanting to know this this whole episode. Um, Mike and I are both uh, Australia's Got Talent alumni, but Mike asked Nick off the air, what is your relationship with Australia's Got Talent, Nick? Because Nick, so we've I never mean, seen him on – well, I have seen snippets of, of Nick throughout the years of him on TV, but you've never seen like the Nick K um, audition. So, Nick, like, give us the, the goss. I'm on okay. the edge of my seat. Edge of so, my seat, Nick. So, for reference, both Josh and Magic Mike have been on Australia's Got Talent and got the airtime and have had a lot of success from it. I get called every year, please come to the show, please audition. And I'm like, screw you guys. I don't want to play anymore. And the reason is several reasons. It's a very long, laborious day that they want to do right in the middle of a very busy period. So it costs me thousands to be there for them to benefit from it and for me to get nothing. And I say get nothing because I have auditioned four times gotten through every time wow every time but not once have they put me on tv so the way it works guys is they put you on like you'll audition sometimes you got to audition like prior to the filming i did that once every other time they're like just come straight on the set come straight in we're gonna film you flat out and away you go and so for the other three times i had done it um it was just straight on TV. And one time, like not even an intro, it was just like, just go, 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 go. And they pushed me out on stage. And I'm like, oh, hi, I'm Nick. Oh. And then I do my mm. set and they go, that was awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks a lot. 
Um, and then I have to go into a room, meet a lawyer, sign a contract saying, just so you know, even though you got the yeses, like all four yeses, doesn't mean you get to go through the semifinals because we get through a lot of people and only X amount go through. So I'm just like, I get it. Let me just sign the contract so I can leave and go to work. And so that's what's happened every single time. There was hey, one time. Brutal. Yeah. And so there's kind of three categories that they put you in, right? So they put you in like as a prospect, meaning like you could genuinely be a, a cool talent. There is uh, the the professionals where like you're already a professional and they already seeked you and just want to show you to the to the planet. And the third one is the gongers, where they will purposely put people on the show. The gongers. Gong. The gongers. There's three types of people on the show. Yeah. And I learned this because I've been in showbiz a long time. I've been in production even longer. So I know what's up. And those people have just told me straight up ago, these are the three categories we work within. And so there was one time, the last time I was, I was on was with, um, I remember like, what's her name? Kelly Osborne was on there. And, um, and they were just putting gonger after gonger. I'm like, these motherfuckers put me on the gongers. And so I went out there and I did my thing and I knew, and everyone was like, by the way, he hates magic. And I'm like, I've actually worked with him in the past on his musical, the Shane Warne musical. I forget his name now, the comedian that was that it was. Um, and then there was Dicko, whatever the crap that dude is, right? Oh, yeah. And there's someone else in between that I just, I don't know, I, I can't remember, you know, judges, whatever. I remember going on there and they're just like, this isn't magic. Magic should be big, grand illusions. This is young and stupid. And I was just like, cool, man. I appreciate that. No worries. And and everyone was booing them. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. No worries. And um, they were like, you know, like, we just think it should be massive. And it's like, can you do stuff that's massive? And and I could because I had illusions at the time, right? I had like an appearing chopper motorcycle from from Mike Michaels. And I was just like, then, and I was like, you know, are we going to see this? And I said, like, it'll put me through and we'll find out. And and so I did. And they put me through and I did the whole thing. And they were just like, they called me up and I was just like, Hi, Nick. I go, I'm not going through. Hey, they're like, no, not this time, Nick. But we'll, we'll hit you up again next year. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. And clack. Wow. Um, and especially last year. And this is the thing last year, right? Because this is what they do in, in Australia, which is very different to how they do things in America. And that's why people like Dom Chambers, who's had an amazing success, went to America to do America's Got Talent. And a lot of our talent have gone to other countries to have to better their chances. And this chick called me several times and I just kept saying, I'm going to think about it. Let me know. Send me dates. Send me dates. Let me know. I'm busy. I'm busy. Like I didn't, I was trying to gauge what would I get out of going age through, out of AGT, right? Like you, like I think collectively now with your careers as well as they're all going, right? If you didn't go on AGT, had your successes that you have currently, making the money you currently have, would you have more to gain or more to lose going on Australia's Got Talent? You, is this rhetorical or is this a question? This is, this is, this is, this is to you guys, genuinely, because okay. especially when they genuinely do things that are malicious and I've got stories from other performers where they have purposely screwed up their acts, purposely changed things, purposely moved props, um, purposely... Um, played the music on the TV half a, half a second off or, you know, so that everything seems right. like it's off beat. Yeah. And, mm. and, and they did, they did that to, to Sylvester the Jester. They did that to him oh. on Australia. And America's got the talent. So, so it's like you're walking into the lion's den mm. with people that intentionally celebrate gongers or you, 
look at targets they can destroy their careers on purpose. And so for me, I'm just like, I don't, I've got the life I want, like exactly what I want for my life. I don't know what you have to offer that I could possibly give a crap about. So when I was getting my calls last time, she said, please, please, please. This is what they said to me. I forget her name, but she was like, we keep losing our talent to the Americans. And we are trying to show that Australia does have talent and we want you to come on the show. <laughs> and they and say that. that was- and then in the last season, they had like two American, three American magicians come on. Yeah, we are, and so that's where all the American performers are. Because I'm watching America's Got Talent, and there's no Americans on it. Because everyone's coming here to do the show. Yeah. And this but is I what I'm getting lose my mind when I see, like, you know, and God bless Rylan, the kid magician. Yeah, where's all the kid magicians in the United States? Where <laughs> we have a lot of kid magicians here. And you look at UK's Got Talent, and he's done three routines with fourteen dollar tricks you can buy off Amazon, and he's won it. And you think to yourself, like. Okay. You know? Okay, sure. And and so like so what I'm saying is that like I've gone out, I've crushed it, except for the last time where they gave me attitude saying that like we don't believe the close-up magic belongs here. Keeping in mind that like almost every tricks ever since has been won by a close-up magician. Uh and so I'm very disheartened by it. And I I will consider going back, but not until I got new magic that I'm working on. Um, that I'm investing quite a bit of money in. And if I can get those effects off the ground and share them with the planet, because that's the purpose. The purpose of me to create my magic is to share it with the planet um, and to share it for the people who pay for the privilege, right? Because that's how I survive. That's how I feed myself and take care of my family. So um, if I get these things off the ground, that's when I'll share it with with this with um Australia's Got Talent. My intention mm-hmm. is not to go, oh, I've got Australia's Got Talent. I better make some magic. Like, no, no, no. I got the magic. I've been doing it for years. I'm gonna do the same stuff I always do that is world class and just share it with with them. But okay. that was what my experience was like. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> one experience. I think I think from my perspective, I think they do that less now. I think they've realized now that showcasing amazing stuff that can go viral on their pages. It seems to be what the vibe I got is what they're trying to focus on now. Cause they did used to heavily um, want the clip of the magic going wrong or the singer that's bad. Um, and so I, I think there's a little less pressure for that now, but also I think also the show doesn't get as much reach as it used to. So there might be less worry to go on now. Cause if it goes super well, you can post that clip. Um, and if it doesn't yeah. go well, just probably no one's going to see it that's going to affect your career anyway. I mean, that's how I kind of vibe it. What, what do you think, Mike? I agree with that particularly. Yeah. Like I both those sides of it used to, like I remember American one originally going on, like, like not thinking of going to something like that. I'm like there's t- way too risky. They just seem like they just want people to look bad. Uh, and I hear <laughs> stories of, magicians who get standing ovations and then them cutting it up so it looks like they didn't and people didn't like it but now over the last few years i really think all these shows around the world seem to just be more celebrating stuff and which i think is uh, makes it far more of an appealing option yeah i'll I'll note it's possible to take a bad shine and turn it to your advantage and this is i'm thinking of like jack grady who showed up he's a gonger Mm. he got the gong 
and then goes to social media and says, I got the gong. And now he's got 500,000 new followers because mm. of that. That's yeah. 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 That's cool as well. So that's someone, someone with like the good vibe, good personality can definitely spin that. Yeah, if, you, if you are truly good at what you do yeah. or have a, an interesting persona to communicate with people, then you can still use that brief moment to launch. Yeah. Even yeah. if it's let's, a stinker. Let's start a petition to get Nick all the way through on Got Talent, <laughs> all right? I'll vote for you, Nick. You got my vote. Hell yeah. And and also talking about how they said they want to showcase Australians. Um, so Anna de Guzman was on the last season of Australia's Got Talent. And when I talked to people who are in the know, she came on Australia's Got Talent as an audition tape for America's Got Talent. So she came from the US to here to do the same act that she auditioned with in America's Got Talent. But like, you know, what was the need for that? Like they could have found, they could have, you know, talked Nick into coming on. They could have, you know what I, I mean? Guess on some level, some people just do that. They just try to get on these shows. And for some people, that's a process of repeatedly auditioning through all the countries. I just yeah. remember when I was sitting backstage, this guy came up to me and he's like, how many Got Talents have you been on? I was like, what do you mean? Yeah, just that. Right. And then he's like, I, yeah, he said, he said he'd been on uh, like 11, but then that year he went on another nine and he just showed me this list. Like, Whoa. They do them in, in Sweden, Croatia, Lithuania, like every all these European countries and he just goes yeah. around. So, I've won Zimbabwe. He's got talent. Mm, I actually got reached out by Spain's Got Talent to do – what I did, but in Spanish. And I was like working hard on yeah. trying to. Oh, um, for real. That John's going to send Nick to Bangladesh. has got talent. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Now, what, what I'm saying is not anti got talent. I think that they're great. And, and I think that they certainly changed. And look, this is uh, just for the sake of legalities. They have changed production companies. And that's where the attitudes changed a lot more. And I was oh. very honest saying like, oh, we're not with. When did that happen? Uh, uh, well, it's changed hand three times. Like the oh, show okay. itself has changed, right? Now, the yeah. first group that were doing it for X amount of years were, were were this malicious type. It changed once. It did good. It's changed again since then. Um, right. Yeah. And so so that's where like it's not the same show. But I'm all like – so what I'm saying is not to deter anyone from going on it. In fact, I, I, I do – I, I will consider going on again, but not until I've got the material that I'm proud of to show. Um, Cause I want to do things that's quintessentially me. And again, it's more about like doing the stuff and showing people. So if they like it, at least it's very much like a gig story recorded mm. for posterity. And then somehow like in the archives, people like my name will mean something and what I've created will mean something. And that's the reason why that's, that's my intent of sharing it. It's not to be like, Oh, I won 250 grand. You know, it's like, I make half of that in a year. Who cares? Like, <laughs> you know, so. it's interesting I'm, what you said about um, having something all ready to show versus, oh, I'm going on that show. I'm going to create something. I haven't thought about that, but that like when I went on, I did have that already. And that and what you're saying is like, oh, this actually is a great platform to share this story. I really want to tell mm. versus what can I now do to go on something else? Yeah, that's interesting. And you, you, you are going to do a way better job if you do have that thing authentically originally there. Yeah. I'm glad you agree, man. Cause once you know it and you've got it in your repertoire, then for me, it's just like, this is just going to 
like you don't have to um and ah, like you've done it a thousand times and you know, there's always those moments that pop up. There's always a, like someone being a jerk. Um, but when you've worked in the material that you can do in your sleep, I feel like that is so much more important than like showing the planet, you know, like, and we say that like, it's not just Australian audiences. This goes on the internet and then it goes to the whole planet. So like, again, just like we said before, first impressions, you have one chance to make them. I've literally dropped contracts with like other people that I've worked with, like people I was going to spend money with just because their staff were like, absolute dicks and they, and they said you ready to sign those contracts and i went nope and you can talk to johnny about that thank you for your time and left and like that guy's actions for being a douchebag have cost him like thousands of thousands of dollars you know um because again you got one chance to make a good impression and that's why i as much as I, i'm proud of my magic and i feel confident enough to definitely go on the show it's not about going on the show or being good enough to go on the show it's about what do i want to show what do I want to present for what do sure. I want to share on and the I'll, show? I'll say as well, they're always looking for texture um, in the show. So, like, I, st- I still say this to this day. I swear to God the only reason they put me through is because I was doing another card trick, but I did a backflip during the card trick. And, like, that was different enough that they could put me in that slot of the show. <laughs> like, yeah. I love all the artistry that I put into it and I, there's so much, you know, that went into creating it. But like at the end of the day, like, oh, it's an, it's a card trick, but he's doing a backflip, you know, just like yeah. with Mike did a card trick, but the hook was so emotionally grabbing that's going to fit that slot. Like I feel like that's, you know. I can imagine if I did a backflip at the end. God. just Well, because so- I'd done it, they – it might no, be no, a yeah. front flip. Front flip. Would I was going to say the trick is a, the trick is a front flip. You got to change it up that little, you know. Yeah. yeah now look, right. I can't believe I cannot believe we're out of time already. So we're just going to have to have you back at some point, Mike. Maybe after the the, the crazy season. Um, but we'd That's love good. to leave everyone with the final word from you. And you can you guys can follow Mike's journey in the description below. There's his website, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, who knows, maybe we'll see some new YouTube uh, content from Mike after this. But um, thank you, everyone, to tuning in today. Remember, next week, episode 150, we're going to do some crazy giveaways. But let's hear the final word from Mike. This is just a message to people who are getting into magic or who do it um, recreationally is – Try not to have it as a full 100% social crutch. Like don't feel the need to always have cards in your hand when you're going up and meeting people. Um, And similarly, when you're practicing, the best way really to practice, um, the most efficient way is to do it on people rather than in front of a mirror. You can start to learn on what you can get away with. I'm technically not that great at, double lifts at all these kind of sneaky moves. But what I've realized is that if I go up to people and make eye contact and don't look at my hands and then tap them on the shoulder, did you show Lucy? Because I'm being casual and everything like that, people um, just follow. They just, they don't, they're not trying to catch you out. If I was practicing in front of a mirror, I would be spurning myself and then everyone could, when I go out and perform, will get that vibe. And then you're just making it so much harder for yourself. So Go out there and uh, just practice these little moves on your friends and family and you start to see what you can get away with because you're like, oh, wow, people don't even notice that I put the deck in this hand, this pocket, and pulled them out of this pocket. Like um, that's just the best way to practice. But 
have the best Christmas. Hopefully you get some of those little Dexa cards in the Christmas crackers and um, yeah, do that trick with the cards upside down. It's an absolute gem, but much love. Magic Mike, peace out. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys. 